Welcome to this episode of the We Travel There podcast. We're in Buenos Aires, Argentina, with my new friend Carolina Gilcapi of SaintAdventures.com. Carolina has been leading tours of the city of Tango for more than 16 years. She loves its sophisticated feel, European architecture, and incredible culture. In this episode, Carolina and I talk about visiting the San Telmo Market, exploring the books of El Ateneo, and taking tango lessons with Carolina Buenaventura. Hear about these three amazing experiences, plus so much more. If you know someone that wants to visit Argentina, I'd love it if you shared this episode with them. The show notes and our one-page guide of Carolina's tips are available at wetravelthere.com forward slash Buenos Aires. Now let's get started. The We Travel There podcast helps you travel like a local by interviewing guests from around the world to uncover the hidden gems of their city by finding out the best things to do, eat, drink, and see from a local's point of view. Using airline miles and hotel points makes travel affordable, but keeping track of all those loyalty programs can be a challenge. That's why I use AwardWall to track my miles and points balances, reservations, and special goodies like free hotel night certificates and airline companion passes. Having everything in one easy-to-use dashboard helps ensure that I don't lose any rewards and makes logging into my accounts super easy. Go to wetravelthere.com forward slash AwardWallet to start your free account. Hey, Carolina, welcome to the show. Good morning. Thank you so much. Today, we're talking about Buenos Aires, Argentina. It's a city that I, I've learned a lot about, but I've never had a chance to go there. And today, we're going to learn some of your, your tips and tricks for visiting the city. Perfect. I'm happy to share. Right on. So what's your connection to Buenos Aires? So I have been traveling to South America for the last two decades. And I have been sending a lot of my clients to Buenos Aires. It's a really, really popular destination, a city that people just really fall in love with. So I decided to visit myself, fell in love with it as well, and have been bringing groups there on an annual basis and just really discovering it year after year. It's, it's, a, it's a fantastic city, very different from anything else in South America. That's wonderful. And yeah, we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about your, your trips a little bit later on, but I, I, that's wonderful that I know a lot of Americans, first off, or maybe only half of them even have a passport and a lot of them don't even use it. But I think it's, there's like kind of like a little bit of a fear going to some of these other countries. And so it's always good to have like a guide, somebody that they trust and somebody they know, take them there. So that way it kind of like gives them that handholding and gives them a little, that, little bit of courage to be able to go to places that they might shy away from otherwise. Definitely. Americans love Europe. They love Italy. They love France. And I don't think they realize that Buenos Aires is the Paris of South America. The architecture, the infrastructure, the culture is so European that they would love visiting there. And the big perk is that when you fly south, there's no jet lag. We're only about an hour difference from the East Coast in Buenos Aires. So you arrive and you're on the same time, you're not feeling exhausted and kind of confused like you would in Europe. So definitely a place to a place to visit. Right on. Okay, so uh, I think uh, as far as traveling from the U.S., is there a, like a, a visa required or any other documentation that's required for us to be able to get there? No, there's uh, no visas, no mandatory vaccinations, uh, except maybe COVID, depending you know how things go. Right now, you have to be vaccinated by who, who knows where that goes. So all you need is a passport that, that needs to be at least six months uh, left of validity at the end. 
And, and that's all really, it's quite easy. That makes, that makes it uh, super easy. And like, I love it when there's like less hurdles, you know, when we go there, I know obviously it's South America, you know, there's, you know, a lot of different languages that are spoken in some of the South American countries. For those of us that don't really know other languages, is it easy to get around or you know, do we have to know a little Spanish? It's always a good idea to know the local language, which is Spanish, but people in Buenos Aires are very sophisticated. They're highly educated and a lot of them speak English as well. And they're really welcoming to tourists. So they're excited to help you and show you around. And even if they don't know the answer, they'll come up with one for you. So uh, it's quite simple to travel. There's a lot of people spending weeks at a time you know, arriving first to Buenos Aires and then heading down, maybe backpacking through Patagonia, all the lakes and, and mountains. So it's quite simple to do that. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, I think it's one of those things, obviously, a lot of us feel comfortable going to Mexico. Hey, you know what? If you feel comfortable going to Mexico, they speak Spanish just like uh, Argentinians do. So just fly a little bit further south, right? Definitely, yes. And if you're worried about safety, Argentina definitely tops uh, Mexico in that aspect, for sure. Right on. Okay, cool. When we're planning our trip to Buenos Aires, what's the weather like throughout the year? And are there certain festivals that are really cool that maybe we want to plan a trip around that? So the thing about South America is that it's on the equator that splits the continent. So Argentina and Buenos Aires are below the equator, which means the seasons are flipped. So when we're having summer here, it's their winter. And when we're having Christmas and January, February, our spring break here, it's their summer. So it really works well for us because when it's cold here, we fly down to South America and it's summer. It's really fantastic climate. So I really suggest visiting between November and March when it's really warm and you can really tackle the whole country. Once it becomes their winter, which is June, July, August, you really have to think about your itinerary, how you're planning down to going down to the mountains because things freeze over. Things are not operating as, as much as in the summer months. So um, it takes a little bit of planning for sure. No, that's fantastic. Yeah. I mean, those of us that are, you know, now that I'm living in Nashville, I'm, I realize what it's like when winters are cold because in California, we are still wearing shorts a lot of times in January. But for those of us on the East Coast or, you know, a little further north, we're always looking for those winter escapes that we can go and, and find some places nice and warm and thaw out for at least like a week, you know? January and February, I feel like everybody gets the winter blues. So that's the perfect time to head south. And it also happens to be a really busy time for festivities. So in March, there's a huge wine festival. It's a big time for harvest. So all the vineyards are having some kind of festivities. There's even parades if you head north of um, Buenos Aires. So it's a really fun and festive time. Really great if you love good wine. Another big part of the culture in Buenos Aires is tango. And in September, there's a huge tango championship that you can follow and go down and watch all the beautiful dancers perform, of course, participate if you'd like. But there's <laughs> lots going on for sure. Nice. Yeah. I think I may have like, you know, a lot of people have two left feet. I have, I, I might have three. <laughs> so <laughs> I will watch, but I will not participate. Well, unless my wife wants me to go out, then of course, then of course I will I'll go out on the dance floor with her. I recently took a group to Buenos Aires of tango dancers from my local town here. And I got roped into taking classes. And I swear when I hear 
tango music now, I have PTSD. <laughs> it is one of the hardest dances I have ever experienced. And I, you know, we love to dance, but tango is all about listening to your partner and being submissive. And it just did not come naturally to me at all. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Okay. So let's take a step back. For those of us uh, that are here in the United States, we want to be able to travel to Buenos Aires. Where do we fly in? Because I think I, I, I saw that there's actually two different airports. Yes. So in Buenos Aires, there are two airports. They're located on the opposite side of town. So if you're ever connecting, it's a big deal to keep that in mind because it's an hour drive in between. Ezeza, which is EZE, the code, would be the international airport. So all of your international airlines, American, Delta, United, and LATAM, which is the big South American airline, they will all arrive to Ezeza. And then there is AEP, which is Aeroparte, which is the local domestic airport. And if you're going down to Patagonia, or if you're flying up to the wine country, Iguazu Falls, you will be taking a flight from this smaller airport. Now, of course, it's South America, so they like to confuse people. And a lot of domestic flights will actually land into international airport. <laughs> and it's, it's a mess. But as long as you pay attention to the two codes, you will know where you're arriving or departing from. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Like, I think if, if you are planning to go to other different areas of Argentina or you know, even other South American countries, fly into the, the international airport and then maybe plan on spending a, spending a day or two in Buenos Aires before going to the other place. That way you're not you're cutting it short if you're going to go to the domestic airport and, and go off to someplace else. Definitely. And Buenos Aires, you can spend many, many nights there and not feel like you're bored. So it works really well for that to be your connection. Perfect. So, okay. So say we, we fly into the international airport and then from there getting into the city, do we, like, how do we get around and how do we get from the airport? Do we like rent a car? Do we take public transportation, take a taxi or Uber? Or how does that work? So I have been to South America many times. And my one big tip is don't attempt to drive in any city. It is chaotic. There's problems with signage and, you know, lanes. So, and the biggest problem really is the, the, is the local drivers. They're local. They, they have their way of driving. I would not suggest renting a car in Buenos Aires or attempting to drive. There is a public transportation system, buses, uh, trolleys, even a subway. I don't depend on the public transportation. I usually take local taxis or I have my drivers, local guides that accommodate all of our transportation, but now there's Uber and Lyft, all of those made it down to Buenos Aires and are a lifesaver for people who just want to get around and see a map on their phone. It works really well. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. Like we talked about earlier, some people that are a little hesitant to travel internationally, maybe you know, they, they hire the guy that way they're a little, es they got escorted essentially around town. Those of us that are a little bit more adventurous, take the taxis and the Ubers and those that are just Seasoned travelers that aren't really don't really have a care in the world, go ahead and use the public transportation and kind of fit in with the locals. Definitely, there's an option for everybody. Okay, so paying for things, obviously, we need to pay for our lift, we need to pay for our taxi, pay for the guides. Uh, do we need to get local currency? Do they accept credit cards, or do we need to get some cash uh, ahead of time before we go? Yes, to all of that, and there's a bit of a backstory to the currency in Buenos Aires. There are two prices for everything. If you pay in a local currency, pesos, or if you pay with credit card, there's one price. But if you give U.S. dollars, there's a second price, and it's usually lower, much lower. 
So I usually don't tell people to bring wads of cash with them, but in Buenos Aires, it really comes in handy. I've purchased wonderful leather. I had shoes handmade for me to go tango dancing. For the shoes, instead of $100 in cash, I paid $40. For leather jacket, instead of $200, which was a the listed price, it was like $80 or $90 if you pay in cash. So it, it does come in handy to bring U.S. cash, small bills, $20 should be probably the largest bill you bring. And of course, there's local ATMs, so you can have access to more. Now, in restaurants, in department stores, you could use credit card. Of course, they will never say no, but it's just good to know that there is that other option of saving. So when you when you look to find those savings using the, the American dollars, is it primarily like the little mom and pop shops or and like restaurants, or is it some of the bigger places as well? It's usually for shopping, not for food, typically, because you will just say, what's the price? And you will be asked back, how are you paying? And then the price will be told to you. So it's never written down. It's more of a conversation. So it's really for shopping. But yes, in, in actual stores. But in restaurants, it, the price is what it's published. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. And I know some cultures, that they either encourage or tolerate uh, negotiations. Is that the case there as well? Definitely. There are fantastic markets in, in Buenos Aires, and it's encouraged. You will actually be insulting the person if you're not giving them the fun part, which is the, you know, bargaining back and forth. So, you know, <laughs> test your skills for sure. Yeah. But, I mean, they will f- tolerate the insult if they are able to make a lot more money off you, you know, right? So, <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> but they're standing there all day, all week. They want to have some fun too. Oh, yeah, yeah. Speaking of markets, I know that looking in, like, I guess there's the La Boca neighborhood. There's a good market there that's on Sundays. Yeah. So the large neighborhood is called San Telmo. And then little parts of it is like La Boca, which is the very colorful. If you ever think of the photos of uh, all the colorful buildings, that's La Boca. That's the kind of the port part of San Telmo, which is a much larger region. Well, in the middle of it is the San Telmo market. It's most prominent on Sundays. And when you come here on Sundays, it just comes alive. There are tango dancers. They're practicing in the streets. There's people playing the accordions. There's just everyone and anyone selling whatever they have. You will see antiques. You will see fish, you will see underwear, like whatever you can think <laughs> of is being sold stall next to stall. It is fantastic. When people tell me, oh, you know, I'm not really a big shopper. I don't want to shop. You're not going here to shop. You're going here for a really cultural experience for photography. It's a great time. Now you can go every day of the week and there's a huge kind of warehouse building Majority of the market is indoors, so you will see the same stalls that kind of explode outdoors on Sundays, indoors every other day of the week. What's fantastic about this market is that besides all the crazy things that people are selling, there's little stalls of food and with tables running in the middle of the alleys, and you just sit down and you can have all these little stalls deliver food to you. You can ch- taste all the beers that they brew here. You can taste all the little sausages that are really famous. Choripan is the name of the sausage of Buenos Aires. It's a wonderful experience because Buenos Aires has a lot of high-end, sophisticated restaurants, and you're going to be drinking a lot of wonderful wines. They're eating beautiful steaks. But when you go to this market, it's, you know, handheld food and fast food and even pizza is in this market. So it's a nice 
breath of fresh air to eat at the market. That's fantastic. That's exactly the way my wife likes to be able to eat. She doesn't want to have like a big meal at one place. She wants to be able to kind of nibble and graze a little bit and, and sample all the different flavors. Oh, we would be friends. <laughs> <laughs> like you mentioned tango dancing earlier, uh, as far as like the practicing and everything nearby, and also you know taking some lessons. Like, are there some good places to be able to go for for learning tango? Definitely. Tango in Buenos Aires is not just a dance. It's really embedded in their culture. Even young kids are learning it, loving it. It's not just something that is kind of forced on them. They, you will go out to milongas at night and you will see everyone from 16 to 75 on the dance floor. Milongas are these nightclubs. They start off maybe 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock at night. And it's all the locals. They go and just dance tango. It is fantastic to go there as an outsider and watch this because then you really realize that it's part of their life. It just keeps them going. It's just so beautiful to watch. So there are classes throughout. You will see also tango dinner and shows. So you'll go, you have a beautiful dinner, then a stage opens and the tango dancers will perform. Well, a lot of these halls actually allow you to come maybe 30 to 45 minutes before the stage even opens, before it opens to the public, and you will take a class with the people who will be on stage. So that's what I usually arrange for clients who are traveling with us. We also have access to the top dancers in Buenos Aires. So Carolina Buenaventura, she's a fantastic dancer, a champion of tango, now she's a, a judge on many of the competitions. She opened her own studio. It's called Mariposita. And she has beautiful tango classes as well. And you never have to commit to more than 45 minutes. So it's really great because it really kind of embeds you in the culture. You're not just watching it. You're actually performing. So it's great. That's wonderful. And and as far as like if you want to go to one of those dinner shows, uh, I was reading something about this place called Rojo. Yes. There's so many tango halls. Carlos Gardel is like a really famous one. Angelitos is a really sweet one. I, I go there as well quite often. But Rojo Tango is voted the best tango show year after year. It holds maybe 100 people. And when you compare that to Carlos Gardel, which holds probably 600, you kind of get an idea of how intimate it is. And I was just there in March. My husband and I and the group that we brought, we were the only people not from Buenos Aires. It was all locals. So as you see, again, it's not for tourists. It's really something that they love. It, it, it's beautifully done, Rojo Tango. It's inside the Fayena Hotel, which is an experience all on its own. Um, very, very chic, sexy property. And this performance is inside the hotel every night. Oh, that's fantastic. Now, one of the things that I, that I know that when you're trying to find the, the kind of like the culture or like the vibe of a city is going to like a, a bookstore and, and seeing some of the, the books that are available there. Uh, I was reading there's like a really good bookstore in, in Buenos Aires. Oh, yes. So you've, you're talking to the right person because I'm in three book clubs. I love bookstores. <laughs> I will go to a specific town just because they have an amazing bookstore. So we literally dug this place up and it's called El Ateneo. And it's an old theater that shut down and someone had the brilliant idea to give it life again by opening into a used bookstore. So it is spectacular, all gold trimmed, you know, multiple layers. You could sit in the little balconies and read. It's so well done. I mean, of course, a cafe in there, wine, everything. So 
such a great stop. You would never see, understand what's inside unless you cross the door inside. Because from the outside, it's just a dusty building and inside a treasure. Wow. It's like magic happens when you open yes. the door. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> right on. Well, another thing is that, you know, obviously when you're traveling, seeing like the culture and the history is also very important. And I know that there's something called a Teatro Colon. Yes. It's so you will find this theater on many world best lists. It's still operating. Sometimes we are able to match clients to performances and get them tickets. But if you're not there on a night that it's operating, they do a behind the scenes tour of the property. And it's stunning. Again, in South America, they really, when these cities were being built, they didn't spare any expense. So much money was poured into the marble and the design. It was all brought from Europe, of course. So it's stunning. It's something that you would see in Rome, in Paris. Oh, I love it. I love it. That's for sure. Now, speaking of like great architecture and everything, I know that you know obviously some of these bigger cities like Buenos Aires they have the brand hotels and everything like that. But I know that some of like the historic buildings and the kind of boutique hotels they really just pop as far as like creating that culture experience. Do you have any recommendations for along those lines? Definitely. So every hotel has some kind of history because. Um, nothing was built brand new to be a hotel. Most of them have taken old mansions or old historic buildings and redone them into a hotel. So the Fayena, which I mentioned before, that sexy hotel, uh, it's, it's a luxurious hotel on the river. It used to be a warehouse and you feel it when you walk in. It's this massive, dark building. And they made it very beautiful inside, but they really pulled from the history and kept it a warehouse. The Sofitel is another property that took an old mansion and redone it completely into a, a hotel. So the lobby was glorious with, with a glass dome on top. You could just feel that every room is a little different size-wise and, you know, the windows are a little different because it used to be a mansion. So they, they do a really good job. And there's, of course, lots of smaller ones. Carless is a new boutique four-star property that we've been working with a lot because from the outside, the facade of the building is stunning. I mean, you could just take photographs from the outside before you even go inside. <laughs> that's amazing. And that's kind of all around Buenos Aires. Remember, it, it has so much French and Italian influence that the outside matters here on every building. That is so cool. Well, we only have a couple of minutes left, and I don't want to miss out on the food because, like, obviously your your tours are are kind of centric on like the culinary experiences, and I'm sure you have a lot of great suggestions. Uh, what are some of your favorites? My favorites in Buenos Aires are bodegons. And bodegons are kind of like the style of going to a grandma's house. So they're proper restaurants, but they'll have like mismatched chairs or family portraits on the wall. And you kind of like squeeze in through all these little alleyways. And there, there's a bunch of them scattered throughout the city. And they are known for their beef. So I'm so sorry to all the vegetarians, but beef is king in Buenos Aires. And one of my favorite bodegons is La Cabrera. And you will literally cut a steak with a spoon here. It's like a dream. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. <laughs> now, as far as like breakfast or some of the other meals of the day, because I can eat steak all day, but uh, my wife and my doctor would probably <laughs> you know, <laughs> get, get mad at me. Yeah. So remember, lots of Italian influence. So you'll see also lots of pastas, lots of vegetables, lots of pizza as well. Not that any of that is <laughs> healthier than steak, but for breakfast, the coffee culture here is very important as well to follow the rules. You should only order coffee 
with any sort of milk, like cappuccino or capicon leche, before noon. Afternoon, it is like you will get the side eye if you order a cappuccino that is so American, you drink black coffee afternoon, you know? So it's fantastic. There's these awesome little cafes. La Biele is one of the oldest one. And it's like a art form to have coffee here. You know, there's all these people, they're all dressed up. It's an old little historic cafe. And you will have access to all the fantastic coffees that Buenos Aires will offer. Oh, that sounds amazing. My wife, I think my wife and you are going to become like besties because she's all about the coffee you know, all about sampling the foods and everything like that. You guys Good. are like, We have to travel together. It's yeah, for set. Sure. <laughs> for sure. Big question. Like, okay, obviously you're going to have some coffee in the morning and everything else. Is there like a local pastries or, you know, other certain dishes that kind of get paired with that for, for breakfast? Definitely. Lots of, uh, of course, lots of croissant, lots of cheesecake, lots of pastries. So imagine Paris, you will see that in Buenos Aires as well. And you will see that in the mornings. In the afternoons, they switch to, you know, chocolate mousse and, you know, more decadent offers. Sure, sure. Now, say if I wanted to be able to go on a trip, just my wife and me, be able to get grandma to watch the kids. Where would we go for like a really nice dinner, just the two of us? Um, a really nice dinner. Okay, so there's a, and I usually am not a fan of restaurants in hotels around the world, but there's a lot of good restaurants inside hotels in Buenos Aires. The restaurant that I would suggest is in Puerto Madero, which is that really up and coming neighborhood on the river. And the Hotel Madero inside has this fantastic restaurant and they can offer it to you in a cellar. So it's really well placed. You're surrounded by these gorgeous bottles of wine and they have like an eight course chef's menu and every course comes with its own wine. Really well done. We've spent like three hours sitting there enjoying the meal and it's right on the river. So afterwards you walk across the bridge, everything's lit up. You really get the sense of that passion that comes through in Buenos Aires. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, because I know that from everything I've read that Buenos Aires is like known as like the, the place for de- for lovers to go to, you know, and so it's nice to be able to have that, that wonderful meal and, and be able to spend that time with each other. One last thing, you mentioned like the, hopefully I don't butcher the name too bad, Charapon uh, sausage. Yes. Where would we go for, for that to get that, that, that local flavor? Definitely in the market, San Telmo market. I'm telling you, there's stalls throughout and they all fight for the name of the best sausage. So that's the place. Right on. Fantastic. Well, Carolina, I really appreciate you sharing all these amazing tips. I've learned so much about Buenos Aires. It was always a place that was on my top 10 places I want to go to, but now I really want to go up there even further. So it's moved up the list for sure. Now it's time for the final countdown. If someone only had time for one meal when they visited Buenos Aires, where should they go and what should they eat? I think they should go to La Cabrera or La Brigada. Those are two bodegons that I really love. They need to try They just need to sit down and say, yes, I want the chef's menu and just plates just keep coming and keep coming and keep coming. And it's olives and beautiful breads and steaks and sausage. So you will kind of get a well-rounded meal of Buenos Aires there. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, you got to bring your stretchy pants, it seems like. (laughs) (laughs) Well, no, you have to sign up for tango dancing and you'll burn it all off. There we go. Perfect. Perfect combination. (laughs) So I know you've been uh, to Buenos Aires numerous times with all the different tours that you've led. I'm sure you come up with some really great memories. Which one of your most memorable stories? I really love Argentina and Buenos Aires. And I'm a city girl. I grew up in Brooklyn, New York. So, you know, Buenos Aires suits me just fine. But I really loved leaving the city for a night and going to a local estancia. If you just drive an hour, an hour and a half outside of the city, 
there's these amazing little villages where working ranches exist and they welcome visitors for the day. And you ride horses with the gauchos, which are these very sexy men, you know, running the farm. And you learn all about the life living on the ranch there and you eat again amazing food. And it's such a nice break from the craziness of the city. You know, Buenos Aires goes from morning to night, all night long. I don't know when these people sleep. It's amazing. <laughs> so having that break on a ranch just brought me back to Poland, which is where I'm originally from. So I really recommend seeing that face of Buenos Aires because it's literally in the region of Buenos Aires. They are considered the same part of Argentina and a whole different world away. For sure. And for the, in order to be able to do that, I guess you would book it with like a, a tour guide or something? Yeah, most hotels concierge will be able to arrange it for you. You can also book it directly. El Ombu is my favorite branch. We go there year after year and they just do a really good job. And it's such it's like almost tropical. There's green parrots flying around while you're riding horses. It, it's it's I'm telling you, it's just quite magical. That sounds amazing. Right on. Well, speaking of uh, amazing times and good memories, where's the happiest happy hour in Buenos Aires? Okay, Buenos Aires is now home to some of the best speakeasies. So we are, we have a great bartender that's one of my guys, and we arrange a speakeasy tour. So you don't have to figure out what the password is and where to knock and what phone booth to go through. He kind of guides you on it. But if you want to do it on your own, my favorite uh, speakeasy bar and I think the most beautiful drinks I've had, it's called Frank's. You'll ask your Uber driver or your taxi driver to take you to Frank's. He's going to drop you off in front of this dusty thrift store with a really big, intimidating man sitting in front of it. And he's going to ask you for the password. And I think you can just Google the website and they have like a weekly one that you can discover. You give him the password and you go through the thrift store through a literally a phone booth. And then you enter the most sexy bar everything is all lit up beautifully everyone is beautiful inside but the best bartenders work here at frank's and you will have some beautiful cocktails what an experience i'm telling you yeah the only thing that makes a good drink better is the right atmosphere and it sounds like it has all those components yeah right now one of the things i always do whenever i travel is like you know i want a little bit of a taste of home right and so i always uh, check out the local pizza what's the best place for pepperoni pizza in buenos aires Perfect. After all that steak, you need a break, right? <laughs> so with all the Italian influence, there's lots of pizza, pizza shops and, and pizza on every menu and different ways uh, that it's done. I suggest you go to Quartito. Quartito is a little shop and it's right on um, the main avenue, right off of the main avenue, which is July 9th Avenue. So if you're in that area where the Teatro Colon is and where that needle of Buenos Aires is, it's in that neighborhood. So it's quite easy to get to. And I really like it for its atmosphere because again, it doesn't feel like a restaurant. There's just thousands of photos and pictures on the wall. So it has a lot of homey atmosphere, but the pizza itself is fantastic. Oh, that's so awesome. Uh, you run all these different tours and you travel all over the world, helping travelers have a better experience. Throughout this time, I'm sure you have some like amazing tips. What's one of your best travel tips? So I have a few, but I'm going to stick to this, that I love surprises, but surprises don't belong in travel. A lot of the times a surprise in travel is a negative one. So everybody, you know, loves to be spontaneous, but it takes a little bit of logistics and pre-planning. So just have an idea of where you're going to be, how many maybe nights in each place, just to kind of plan it out 
you have plenty of flexibility of what you're going to do there while you're when you get there but having some sort of plan ahead of time really helps research really helps do i need permits do i need visas don't get disappointed and have a bad surprise upon arrival at the airport my second most important tip for travelers is use your local guides they are so passionate so experienced they are local to the city so they know the best restaurant they know where to get you a belt you know so just ask local people they they are so welcoming and after everything that's happened in the world they are excited to have travelers come back and and use them the guides that have come across in buenos aires they're highly educated they're just some of the best and just go around the clock for you you know they're at your disposal so it's like having a friend i mean i literally just facetimed with a guy that i haven't seen in almost a year we facetimed about something because he popped into my mind that's how close the relationship becomes when you hire somebody local when you're looking at an old building on your own you're looking at an old building i mean it's bricks right but when you're looking at it with a local guide he makes it come alive with stories and and you know the history and all the behind the scenes stuff you can't match that experience on your own. Oh, no, absolutely. And a big thing, you know, whether they're using a paid service like yours or, you know, some cities offer like free tours, no matter whether it's free or paid, make sure you remember to tip your guide because a lot of times they're working only for tips or you know, they need a little bit of extra money with those tips to compensate on their wages too. Very good point. Yes. Right on. Well, Carolina, I really appreciate you sharing all these amazing tips. I can't wait to book. I may actually start looking up flights as soon as we're done with this conversation. But uh, can you tell the audience a little bit more about who you are and what you do? Of course, of course. So I'm Carolina Gilcapi. I'm the founder of Sated Ventures, and we specialize in Latin America. And what I have done is combined my love of travel with my love of food. So every itinerary that we put together has some kind of culinary experience, be it tastings or making your own wine or really getting your hands dirty and going to the market and getting all the ingredients and cooking the lunch. And for others, just enjoying the best restaurants, meeting the chefs. So it's really important for me for people to learn the culture through food, but also check off all their bucket lists and, and you know, do everything that they want to do. So we just we just love Latin America and we want to encourage people to put that as their next destination. Yeah, that sounds fantastic. And I know that I think in you know early next year, I think it's March of 2023, you actually have a, a tour going to Buenos Aires, right? That's right. I have a group going March 2023, and we have three rooms left. So if anyone is interested, reach out. Uh, we have tours every year. We try to do three departures to Latin America um, each year. And then everything else that I offer is on a private basis. You let me know your dates, what your interests are, and I build it from scratch. For you. That sounds fantastic. Well, if anybody has questions about your tours, about Buenos Aires, or just about Argentina in general, what's the best way for them to reach you on social media? I am on Facebook, and you could just go to facebook.com slash Ventures. Well, fantastic. Well, we'll definitely include links to all that in the show notes. And Carolina, it's been a pleasure, and we look forward to seeing you when we travel there. I love it. Happy travels. What an awesome conversation with Carolina. I'd love to learn how to tangle with my wife, and traveling to Argentina would be the perfect opportunity. You can find all the links we talked about today and our one-page guide to Carolina's tips at wetravelthere.com forward slash Buenos Aires. We want to say thank you to AwardWallet for being today's affiliate partner. It's my favorite way to track airline miles, hotel points, and other loyalty programs. 
Go to wetravelthere.com forward slash award wallet to start your free account today. Join us next time as we visit Constance, Germany to speak with John and Patty of the band St. Lucia. In this episode, we talk about the scandal behind Statue Imperium, visiting the vegetable island of Insel Rockenau, and attending the Constance Christmas Market. We hope you join us when we travel there. If you've enjoyed this podcast episode, please share with your friends and tell them what you like most. Make sure you follow us on your favorite podcast app. That way you won't miss any of our upcoming destinations.